so I'm here in my room. I've got my computer on in front of me. I've got my microphone. There's a notepad open with some notes about my podcast. It's time to rewind. Looks like they're open to the fourth scene of Memento that starts in black and white at six minutes and 23 seconds with Leonard reiterating how anonymous this room is and ends at six minutes and 58 seconds with Leonard reiterating how you need a system to make it work while looking at a note taped to his thigh mark shave. Oh, uh, hang on. Who is this? Bubba! It's Lisa Leahy from Rabbit Hole Podcasts. I host a new podcast. It's a book club we've got. It's so great. It's called Pictures and Conversations. You must know who I am. Come on. Oh, of course, though. I, I do prefer to be called Bubba Weeds. And, uh, and who is this? Bubba Weeds. I'll give you your full name. This is Jay. I, I, from, I host Lampley over on the Lambcast. And I, I used to write reviews, but don't anymore. <laughs> I know how that feels. <laughs> I, I wrote one earlier this year, which is my first one in, I think, a year and a half. Uh, so... I, I think I'm a little bit more frequent. I, I get them in every you know two to three months, give or take. Oh, humble brag. We're only at the end of our third month of 2023, so uh, I'm not sure how good that is. My, my news resolution for 2022 was to write a review, and I did not do it. A review. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've certainly written more than I have. So, you know, th- this is you know the next black and white scene, and it is you know, pretty much where we left off, which yes. basically sets up this format of. The black and white scenes to know that they are in chronological order rather than the backwards order of the color scenes. Mm-hmm. And I do think that it's important that this starts out with him uh, setting up how he checks the drawers. And it, it sets this up as a habit, something that he does every time he is in the uh and anytime he finds himself in a room, especially a motel room, even though he doesn't expect to find anything, but that is, you know, an important setup for how he ends up hiding and then refinding the gun in uh, whenever he's in Dodd's hotel room. Mm-hmm. But I will say, you know, we, we're we're over here analyzing this, going, oh, well, this is this is a very important ritual for Leonard because this is how he establishes where he is. Every single one of us, when we go into a hotel room, we open every single drawer, we open every single door. You know, you do it. Don't deny it. <laughs> it's just like it's the first thing we do. You know, it's just this whole thing that we have with being nosy Parkers, and we have to check everything. It's it's so it's just funny that it's like such a routine for him and we laugh and go oh how silly and then the first thing you do is the same thing it's the hotel ritual and it's the first thing you do and it's the last thing you do to make sure you didn't leave anyway absolutely (laughs) because you never put anything in the drawers to begin with but you still have to check to make sure that you did it (laughs) when you leave unless you're one of those like business people that are staying for like a week at a time then you actually do a little bit of unpacking and make the hotel room you're home away from home for a week or two or however long do people put stuff in the drawers though like i see hanging the stuff up because you can't have wrinkles when you're going to a business meeting but i think it depends on the person i i I know the the last time that i did it or like the only time that i spent like two weeks at a hotel room i i'm pretty sure that i i did keep everything in my luggage and I, i 
I just I, I've, I've been in I've been in a hotel room for two weeks where I basically had to live out of the hotel room for two weeks. It was uh, awful, and I definitely unpacked everything and made it like this is a this is a room I live in. This is I'm gonna have Aww. I'm gonna keep things here. Or no, insane, and it didn't help. I still did insane, uh, but it, <laughs> it was a bad time. Uh, but yeah, it's, we're glad to have you. Back. Thank you. This is before we knew each other. So yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How many times a day does he yeah, check awesome. that drawer? Like how, how, <laughs> that's another point. Yeah. Because that's something else that comes up in the, the short story. Like he's got this schedule on the wall of, you know, it, it, between 8 and 8.30, brush your teeth. You know, when you look at this and you go, who the hell's brushing their teeth for half an hour? And then you have to actually think about, oh, when he wakes up and looks at the clock, oh, that's when he needs to do that. Not that he's expected, but he's these rituals and what they do and how many times he's circling this room and how many times he's opening these drawers. Definitely. We don't get to see all of that, though. The brilliance of editing. That's how like, a, a modern today remake of Memento would be very different. I think because you could have Ugh. a bunch of reminders set on your phone. Like when when this, when this, when this alarm goes off, brush your teeth. When this alarm goes off, shave. It's like whatever. Uh, so, right. Also, just the the pictures aspect of things, the pillar aspect of things. Like just have an Instagram account. You can see like when you took the pictures. You can like, write your notes on that. You have a private one. It's fine. Yep. Uh, but yep. It's just be completely different. Oh, they should please. not make uh, Memento twenty twenty three. They shouldn't have. Oh please don't. But it would be a very different film. No. Although it'd be really funny if he's using like an iOS phone and he's using an Apple phone and he's using the Notes app, which likes to periodically just delete everything. So really, it would actually be very appropriate. <laughs> All those I mean, I, I think it's I think it would be interesting. You could use that to make not not Memento, but make a similar story about somebody with this condition to tell a very different story. So a new Fifty First Dates, perhaps. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, something like that. Future series of this podcast, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yes, quite quite possibly. There there may be a fifty first dates and or a finding Nemo oh, <laughs> yes, episode in the future. I would, I, I would like to throw my hat into the ring for Finding Nemo slash Dory. Finding Nemo the film mm-hmm. I may have seen more than any other film, I think maybe Finding Nemo. <laughs> oh. It's such a good one. And it's Steve was here, Jason. We haven't covered it yet. <laughs> it's all at sea. It's in the water. Oh, right. on the list. There you go. Do like a, a crossover episode. It's a pretty deep and a pretty it's blue movie. Very much so. it's also, I think it's my wife's favorite film. It's on the list. So. Yeah, there's a lot of sea in very that much, movie as well, I believe. Very much sea. This is mm. going to be an interesting uh, yeah. <laughs> final <laughs> trying to work tally out how, on that How episode. deep they are. As well. How deep is the, the Great Barrier Reef? Uh, <laughs> the East Aquatic Current. Uh, East Australian Current, sorry. Yeah. You know, back, going back to the the scene, I I love how he laughs at his own joke about reading the Bible religiously. Oh yeah, he laughs and then he's got that hmm, that oh that joke didn't <laughs> land kind of grunt that we all do too. So it's like he's got this whole little cycle. It was fantastic. I imagine not being able to learn any new jokes. That's that's the worst part of his life, surely. He just he only has the jokes he has, nothing more. I love it though. But Teddy says in one of his sequences that part of the benefits of this friendship is that he can keep telling the same old jokes. That's a benefit to him, not to Leonard. Well, yeah. <laughs> means he doesn't have to learn anything new. <laughs> exactly. And and of course, the you know, I, I teased this last week, but I do think that the pages that are shown in the Bible are very deliberate. So, oh, of sure. course, 
and 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 I think it's fascinating because of of course the the first page that we really get a decent look at is the table of contents, but the title at the top of the table of contents says "Help in the time of need," mm-hmm. and then it also kind of groups the the books of the Bible as you know starting out with the the way of salvation. Um, and, and time of loneliness, and we see star, sorrow and suffering, and and that really feels like Leonard's journey in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then we get Leviticus 24, which is, mm-hmm. has, if anyone takes life of a human being, he must be put to death. What did we just do, Eddie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and I I was. Um, Whenever I looked this up, because I, I did look up the actual verbiage, and based on that, I could tell that this Bible is the um, is the New King James version mm-hmm. of the Bible. That's it's that translation, and and I do have you know Leviticus chapter twenty four, starting with verse seventeen, which is whoever kills any man shall be surely put to death. Whoever kills an animal shall make it good, animal for animal. If a man causes disfigurement of his neighbor as he has done, so shall it be done to him. Fracture for fracture, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, as he has caused disfigurement of a man, so shall it be done to him. And whoever kills an animal shall restore it, but whoever kills a man shall be put to death. You shall have the same law for the stranger and one from your own country, for I am the Lord your God." Then Moses spoke to the children of Israel, and they took outside the camp him who had cursed and stoned him with stones. So the children of Israel did as the Lord commanded Moses. So yeah, th- this is you know very much tonally appropriate to the movie in so many different ways. It's like he believes that John G. killed his wife, and so he is doing the eye for an eye for his John G. Yeah, I'm glad they spelled out that he they stoned him with stones, not just they stoned mm-hmm. him. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when I teach the lottery and I talk about getting stoned, and I have to say not like that. <laughs> yeah, and you know, I I just think it's it's kind of fascinating to think about you know that this is something that's on screen for like just one second, not even a second. It's like half a second, and yet it it's something that Christopher Nolan thought about and specifically put that made sure that this verse was visible in this scene in the in the movie. It's almost like he knew that we'd be coming along one day, twenty <laughs> years later, to do this scene by scene, little by little. I think it was just an accident. It's what the, it's... It just happened to fall on his <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those great things that like you know there are there are films that you see in the theater when you are desperate for a pause button you know like it's one of those i'm like wait go back i wish i could see that again and then you're you know trying to get your hands on it when it comes out uh and you can watch it at home yeah and this you know th- this was made you know deep into the time of vhs and just right at the start of uh-huh. dvd because this would have this would have released on dvd yep yeah, because I, I definitely remember that, you know, I first got a DVD player whenever Fight Club came out because I was looking at, well, it wasn't even a DVD player. It was a computer that had a DVD drive yes. so I could play uh, movies on my computer or on the family's computer. And I was wanting to get 
Fight Club on VHS, but the VHS uh, release for like home purchase was delayed, had like a, a six month or a year window, but mm-hmm. you could buy the DVD immediately. I remember doing this because I was at Block, I was working at Blockbuster at the time in the late 90s into the 2000s. And I was tasked by my manager because this new format came out and all of the Blockbusters needed to get all these DVDs and everything new was automatically going to be on DVD, but you had to furnish a favorites section. And so she said, look, we got a budget for 100 DVDs, make a list. What do I need to get? So I made this massive list of like, oh, what would be great on a digital format? And more than half of my list was not going to be available on DVD yet. You know, it's like whoever was putting these things together clearly was an idiot because you couldn't get back (laughs) to the future right away. You couldn't get Jurassic Park. You couldn't get Terminator. You couldn't get um, Jaws. You couldn't get The Exorcist. Like some of these 2001, every movie, every sci-fi brilliant thing that you would try to get, Alien, none of them. And so it's like I had to go back and revise this list like 10 (laughs) times because everything I wanted I couldn't get. Yeah, that that was the time where – you had there was a mix of movies that they you know had the the rights to cheaply that they wanted to get out in like the bare bones edition as quickly as possible but then you also had the the ones that they wanted to take the time and not put out a dvd unless until they had the ability to to put out a you know a, a fully loaded dvd with all the good special features yeah this, and this is a good dvd my memento dvd i like it Oh, definitely. Mm. Even though you you need a a guide in order to figure out how to use the second disc, <laughs> the first disc is perfect because yes. it's it it has the right theme to it, but it's also very intuitive and easy to figure out. The second disc is just a complete mess, <laughs> to put it mildly. But I mean, it's. It is thematically appropriate, but it is still kind of infuriating to figure out what all is actually included on the disc and how to actually access and find all of it. Part of the fun of being a movie fan. (laughs) (laughs) And then we get this. This is our first reference to Sammy Jenkins as Leonard licks his finger and tries to wipe off the tattoo. Mm hmm. I'm glad I've not got any of the Sammy Jenkins scenes because that just makes me sad. I don't like to think about it. Oh. It's very depressing. But I like the tattoo. I think... They're so well performed. <laughs> yeah, which makes it even more sad. Uh, <laughs> because the, the handwritten nature. I like, I like, I'm not really a tattoo guy. I'm not generally a fan of them. Uh, but each of their own, whatever. Uh, but I do, I do like, I appreciate that all of his tattoos kind of have a different font to them. <laughs> yeah, they're all just, they're all individual. So this is just nice little. Hand handwritten on his on his wrist, like you would write a note on your wrist. I, I like this one. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's it's definitely, you know, it, it it's purposefully the most visible, and the the one that he will see the most often. Right. Which again, that's that really ties into how he is able to make these new memories through this habit and repetition, and the the Sammy Jenkins being on his hand is definitely one that is that constant reminder which really reinforces that repetition because he sees it the most often so i think that was i i wouldn't be surprised if that was one of his first tattoos that he got yeah definitely 
And and of course, speaking of Sammy Jenkins, we I believe that we either brought this up or we will bring this up um, on Monday's episode. But there is this, you know, this ambiguity between whether or not Leonard and Sammy Jenkins is the same person or at the very least, if their histories are interconnected and intermixed. And uh, you know, where do you fall on, on that spectrum? I think that I think that it is his wife who had diabetes and who, who tried to spark his memories in the method that she does and failed to do so. I think that that is Guy Pierce's character that happened to him. I think his tattoo should say, remember, comma, you are Sammy Jenkins now. Like if it's, if it's <laughs> didn't finish it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this room, <laughs> get that in there. <laughs> so I, I think it is it all him. Uh, yeah, I I do think that that's that's more or less where I fall, and you know I will kind of share my thoughts uh, throughout this season. But I I think that there is definitely some overlap, and the, I do think that there was a Sammy Jenkins at one point in time. Oh sure. But I do think that. Many of his memories of Sammy Jenkins are actually his memories that he's transferred onto the story of Sammy Jenkins. Yeah, that, that works as well. I also am known for having just incorrect opinions about uh, Christopher Nolan films, like The Prestige. Uh, I won't spoil The Prestige, but most people think that it's it's uh, brothers. I think it's a clone. I'm, guaranteed, I'm certain it's a clone. But... Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I need to go back to that movie because that movie didn't land for me because I started reading the book and the big kicker of that book is revealed in like the first 20 pages of the, the kicker of the movie. Okay. And so it's like I'm sitting there watching the movie and you get this reveal and I go, yeah, I knew that. <laughs> like, Wait, oh, I'm supposed to be surprised. I'm like, See, that, that's why I didn't. The first time I watched it, I didn't like the procedure. No, I, I love it now. But when I first watched it, I got to the end and, and was like, "Wait, this is a science fiction film." This is. Yeah, like <laughs> no, I, I refuse. But I've since. I was much happier with the Illusionist, actually, with Edward like Norton. That movie, yeah. I think, is better. Yeah, the Orange Tree. Yeah. I... But I do need to go back and watch the Prestige again. Although I don't care for Insomnia either. Uh, that is near the bottom of my Nolan list, definitely. Oh, that's, 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 God, you could put anybody in that movie and it would still be that's terrible. That's the film that I have gone back to the most because I, I don't remember this film. <laughs> this is, I, I know I've yeah. watched it a couple <laughs> of times. but It's the irony. It must be good, right? Like that. that yeah. It sure as hell doesn't keep you up. Yeah. That that <laughs> following and uh, Dark Knight Rises are my kind of bottom three. No, everything else is fantastic. Oh, I love Dark Knight Rises uh, though. It's, it's it's too easy to pick holes in it. I think. <laughs> oh, I love Bane though. I thought that yeah. was the superior superhero movie that summer. It's been a while since I revisited the the trilogy, but the last time that I did, I appreciated Dark Knight Rises more. But it's it's one of those that. It's entertaining to watch, but you really do have to stay in the moment with it because the moment that you really start thinking about it, like you said, it, it is very easy to poke holes mm-hmm. in a lot of things in that movie. Uh, in- Inception and Interstellar are two of my like top ten films. Oh. I love them both so much. Lisa clearly oh, agrees Inception with me. Inception is so good. <laughs> yes. Sorry, I, I generally thought you were like, ugh. <laughs> um, no, I love Inception <laughs> so much. And. Um, 
I got like 20 minutes into that movie and I'm like, how do I teach this? I need to teach this. I got, <laughs> I got the special edition case. I think it was from the UK. Like oh. I had to special order it in order to get the little special case with the little top and everything. Nice. Oh, adore that movie. One of my favorite, favorite scores of all yeah. time too. Absolutely. I just, all right, well, I, I do think that that kind of wraps up our time here on this episode. Oh, was there anything any else? Fun. <laughs> <laughs> Always got to bring it back to momentum. <laughs> you, you, see, you've learned. <laughs> you have to roll me back in here. Get over here. Yeah. As, uh, is there anything else that either of you want to talk about this scene? Or, uh, Jay, I mean, I, I know we have you back here for Monday, but this is your last time and as we're recording, is there anything else that you want to talk about Memento as a whole before we let you go? Brain is melting out of my ear. Uh, so I, there's just a couple of scenes that I, I'm looking forward to talk about the uh, the missing pens scene. I love. I just love that. And the am I chasing him? Mm-hmm. Wait, no, he's chasing me. Is just uh, just my a favorite. wonderful scene. <laughs> just like just when you're toying with the idea of like this guy keeps his memories is leaking out of his head. Uh, <laughs> so like mid chase sequence, he wouldn't know what's going on. I was like, yeah, it's fantastic, perfect, yeah. beautiful. Uh, that was when like when Bubbleweed was first putting all of this together with Eric and me, and he was like, you know, well, do you guys have a preference? Do you want to? Who wants to co-host the the black and white? Who wants to co-host the color? And I'll tell you, that's the scene that I was like, oh, I don't know if I can give this one up. <laughs> it's my favorite. But yeah. I also want to mention that there's a moment here when he looks out the window and he spots across the way, which is essentially like across a big courtyard because you can see a tree, um, is room 304, which is the room he's in later on. He's in there like Natalie brings this up. She goes, oh, you left your key at my place, room 304, uh, which is also my classroom number. So every time it comes up, I make that joke. So I show this movie twice a year because I have two classes. And every time she says 304, I'm like, good room number. So I use the same stupid jokes every time I show this film. Another reason why I love it so, so much. And we're about to see him leave that room in, in a few <laughs> days' time. You next to hear me. Ah. Yeah, that's, that is one that I noticed, but I, I did forget to bring up. Uh, but, so I'm, I'm glad that you pointed that out because that's gotcha. – that is, you know, a, a relatively important detail that uh, we find out more about later in the film. But, uh, you know, once again, I'd like to thank you, Jay, for joining us for these, uh, you know, first four episodes with a guest. And why don't you go ahead and take one more time to let everybody know where they can find you online. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And actually, one, one final point is I think one of the themes of Memento is like once you – it's about like goals. Like once you have a goal, once you complete that goal, it's never you're never like satisfied that you've done it. So it's it's important in life. This is me getting on my soapbox to not have a goal you think you will complete. It's like have a goal, always have something to work towards. And so on the subject of of doing goals you never complete, uh, I review films on the Thousand Movies You Must See Before You Die list. Something that will never be done. Never going to finish it. You can read those reviews over at lifeversusfilm.com. Is <laughs> my memento. Parallel. So yeah, Life vs. Film is my personal site. You can read uh, very occasional reviews that I write over there. My most recent review is for The Lighthouse, which is on the 1001 list. I love that it's on the 1001 list. Bizarre film that everyone should see, but also everyone yeah. shouldn't see. I don't know. It's a, it's a weird, it's a film that I love, <laughs> but I'm not recommending to anyone. <laughs> um, uh, so that's my blog. And then my podcast, uh, Con Air the Podcast, Deep Blue Sea the Podcast, very straightforward as to what they are. And then I host Lampity on the Lampcast roughly once a month, it tends to vary. 
uh, which is movie trivia based on Jeopardy on the Lampcast, the official podcast of the large association of movie blogs. If you're out there and have a movie blog or podcast and want to join a community of like-minded folks, then come join us at largeassmovieblogs.com. That's largeassmovieblogs.com. Then find me on Twitter at LifeVSFilm, at ConAirPod, at DBCPod. Instagram is jclewit, J-A-Y-C-L-U-I-T-T. It's mainly pictures of my dogs. <laughs> I gotta say, you gotta check out these Lamperty episodes. They're always super yeah. fun, and I think I need to clip you counting down on a timer <laughs> when you do the do 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 sign. And I, I just, I feel like that, you know, like <laughs> needs to be your your calling card. That do 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 noise that you make <laughs> is hilarious every Thank time. You. Well, you've, you've both been guests. Lisa actually made it to the final in in 2021 you were i was a runner you did incredibly well for the whole year and uh bubba did less well uh but he yeah (laughs) yeah Uh, maybe we'll have him back on again to redeem himself yeah i'm I'm always much better at movie trivia whenever i'm not a contestant good at writing questions i'm always happy to have them i love your uh your horror franchise questions which you've actually and then there's the Nick rehack categories, which are great <laughs> equalizers for everyone. Yeah, sometimes people do well, sometimes they don't. It's always entertaining. He always makes me say things I don't want to say. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> and thank you, Lisa, for joining me as my black and white co-host for this entire season. I love it. I love this film. I love being on podcasts and yammering about things. So thank you for indulging me. And as always, I am Bubba Wheat, and you can find me on Twitter where I'm at Bubba Wheat. You can find this show, It's Time to Rewind, on Anchor.fm, as well as anywhere else that you listen to podcasts. We also have a Facebook page, uh, It's Time to Rewind, a time loop group, and you can join that to discuss uh, episodes as they come out, as well as have discussions about time loop movies or TV episodes. It's all welcome there. And until next time... I uh, assume I've already told you about Memento. Oh, only every time I see you. Gideon Bible, which which I, of course, read religiously. <laughs> mm.